Hello, welcome to the Leaders in Conversation. My name is Nomazi Bolochanga and I am your host. So the Leaders in Conversation is really a community of C-suite leaders that I will be engaging, that I will be having authentic and honest conversations, really that cultivates the intelligence needed, um, um, you know, um, to create corporate value in corporate South Africa. As you understand that 70% of our economically active population sits in corporate, and then 30% sits um, in the entrepreneurship space. But through the research, thorough research, I've discovered that a lot of the platforms that are available are platforms that are addressing entrepreneurship, but there were not um, a lot of platforms that are addressing the people that want to climb the corporate ladder. Not everyone aspires to be an entrepreneur and not everyone is built and born to be an entrepreneur. Some people are quite happy being in corporate. So I wanted to create a safe space where I will have these conversations with these C-suite leaders. I'm talking about suicide leaders from different professions, different backgrounds, um, different races, different genders, and different organizations. I'm talking about your chief procurement officers, your chief information officers, um, your strategists, your chief people officers. I'm talking about the CEOs. So you better make sure that you do watch um, um, out for the, for the episodes to come when we do engage with those C-suite leaders. Those are the people that will tell us how they have done it in corporate and how they have shaped their own careers to make a success of themselves while they are in corporate. So I'm quite excited about those conversations that will help you and I in order to really um, cultivate and culminate, um, you know, the corporate space so that we can grow our careers and make a success um, in reaching our career goals in terms of being in corporate. I'm going to give you a bit background of myself. So I was born in a small town called Port Elizabeth. My name means firstborn. So there were certain roles and responsibilities that were bestowed on me by virtue of me being a firstborn. There are certain values that shaped me growing up. As an example, my dad, um, since I was born, was an entrepreneur. So I could see him when he goes out and in today's term, hustle for the family. And my mom left um, at home to raise us with my sibling. And um, we were born from a family of love from a family of um, giving, from a family that understood resilience, and from a family that had tenacity. So there are certain values that have shaped me to be where I am today. Those values are hard work, resilience, love, giving, and tenacity. I mean, we grew up from a family where my mom had to ensure that we go to school and she had to ensure that we are catered for at home. So the love that she gave us was then projected into today, into the way I am today. So um, growing up, um, I was a very typical child. I am an extrovert, I'm extroverted. So I am a person that loved people. And um, in an area where I grew up, everyone can tell you that th th I would gather the community children for us to play together. So thriving on people and seeing people grow and impacting people has always been um, um, a value that has been bestowed on me as I was growing up. Um, also, I remember situations where 
um, my mom didn't have the means at some point when my dad's business was not doing well, didn't have the means to take us to, um, to school. But, um, you know, as a parent, as a giver, as a nurturer, as a person that has our best interest at heart, she went from door to door from our neighbors, borrowing money for us in order for us to go to school. So those are the things that made me who I am. And that made me appreciate even the small beginnings and gave me some of the lessons um, in growing up because I don't regard anything that has happened in my life as, um, as mistakes. I actually take them as lessons, things that um, propel me so that I can be the person that I am today. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do while I was doing my metric. So I really never knew that I was going to end up in HR. I remember when I was doing grade 10, the only fascinating thing that I wanted to do was to become a psychologist. And I wanted to become a psychologist because the name sounded so fancy. Um, but I did not know which subjects one has to do because at the time while I was growing up, we did not have career guidance or proper career guidance as um, it is today. And it was not visible for us at the time. So I wanted to become a psychologist because it sounded so fancy. Um, but I realized very early on around grade 11 that I was more drawn to accounting, business economy, and maths. So those were my strongest um, subjects. So through that, the only organic and natural uh, progression in my career that um, I was led to through those subjects was to become a CA, a chartered accountant. So um, I, I then studied um, grade 11, wanting to become a chartered accountant, um, you know, through doing um, a BCom. So in my metric year, this is at the period where my father's business is no longer doing well. In fact, at the time, my dad has already closed down um, five supermarkets from building it from one supermarket. So those supermarkets had closed down and he was exploring other business opportunities. So through that phase and that period, it was very difficult for me and my mom because um, there was no financial means um, to take us um, to where they initially wanted to take us or to invest in us in an optimal manner, which um, they had hoped they would do. So in my metric, um, through wanting to become a CA and studying BCom, I then applied at the Nelson Mandela University. I really wanted to become a CA through doing BCom accounting. So I applied through the university, I got accepted. When I got my acceptance letter, I took it to my parents. It was my first dream being shattered because my parents at that point had informed me that they do not have the money and the financial means to take me to study in the university. So unfortunately, I was left to, um, to be out of varsity and to have a gap here during that period. But because I was a very determined child, I was a very, um, I was a child that wanted um, greatness for me. I wanted things to be better for me. So I started looking for employment. By the way, I just forgot to inform you that when I started my employment, I started while I was in doing grade 10 um, employment, yes. So I, I, I walked into this gentleman called Luke, who was owning a salon um, in, in the location that I was in. I walked in, um, um, it was a Friday afternoon after school, and I asked him for employment. He looked at me and, and was like, you're very young for this. But I said, you know what? I need to assist my mom. My family is struggling and I need to ensure that I buy my mom um, electricity. So if I can contribute 20 rand each day to my mom in order for our electricity to stay on um, for the whole month, that will be um, something that will be of value. And it's something that I will be proud of because I will be alleviating some of the burden that my mom was carrying financially. Um, so working um, while I was in metric was not new to me. 
So unfortunately, with that dream uh, being shut down, I then decided to, to go find employment. But I did um, manage to do a trade off with my mom where I informed her that um, while you are still accumulating enough money for me to go to university the following year, can I at least or can you at least pay a very minimal fee? I think it was 150 per year for me to improve my subjects because I didn't want to lose the momentum of actually studying and going to school. So my mom did that. That was a trade-off. While I was um, full-time in employment, working for one of the Edcon group, which is Jet Stores. So after I then looked for employment and sacrificed the one year of not going to varsity, my parents made sure that they um, accumulate enough money so that I can go to university the following year. So I practically have a, had, have a gap year after I matriculated. So during that time, that's when I was exposed to um, career workshop, career counseling, career guidance. So I started going to um, different universities, listening to different people in terms of career advice. I remember um, walking into this exhibition stand um, at the Nelson Mandela University where they were, um, you know, having a career guidance session um, where one was exposed to various careers so that we are able to choose which career is best suited either for our personality or for the subject that we had chosen in matric. So through um, going through those um, career counselling and career sessions, I met up with this lady and this lady was in the exhibition and the stall of um, industrial psychologist. Then I ended up asking her, what is this about? Because I've never learned of industrial psychologist. And then she said to me, this is a study of human behaviour and this is a study of humans in corporate. I was immediately drawn to the idea that I'm actually going to be in a course where it studies human behaviour. And that's how I landed, um, you know, um, ended up studying human resources um, in, in, at the Nelson Mandela University. So I remember growing up, I used to attract a lot of people. I was one of, out of the two of us at home, my mom would say to me, you always um, have friends, you always have people um, around you, you are always talking. And I remember I used to stand in front of the TV while my mom and my siblings and my dad are watching TV. And I used to, um, you know, dance to Brenda Fassi's song. I used to dance to Boomshaka's song. So I was always a center of attention and people were always drawn to me. So that's at the point where I realized that there is something that is greater than me, something that I, ca I cannot explain. And today, because I am, you know, I, 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 I have, you know, elevated my spiritual wokeness, I can, I can safely say that I think that was grace um, that, you know, carried me to be a person that um, is drawn to people and people are attracted to. So through that experience um, of me growing up, I started attending um, anything and everything. You, you know, um, when you talk about music, I was there. When you talk about um, gymnastics, I was there. When you talk about um, playing the violin, I was there. Um, when you talk about, um, you you know, athletics, um, I was there. When you talk about uh, playing um, tennis, I was also there. So you would find me in each and every spot. How that came about, I don't know, but I was very competitive growing up. I was very determined. I was a really hard worker. I remember when I joined athletics, within one year, I had already collected about 20 medals, which are still sitting at home and I can still look at and reminisce um, on my time growing up. So that's the type of child that I was um, in terms of growing up. Then when I landed in varsity, 
Um, unfortunately, when you get to varsity with the type of background that I have, a background that was sort of less fortunate and, and less privileged. Um, so I then met people that were privileged than me. I met people from different backgrounds. Because I come from the city, I also met people that came from the rural areas. So it was a mixed and match of, you know, people, different diverse people. But I can tell you, coming from the um, city and coming from the location, I drew a lot of motivation from the people that came from the rural areas. I was drawn to them, I was attracted to them because I always felt that if I don't have what you have, um, I always try to leverage from what you have so that we can both learn from each other and understand each other. And um, I do believe that I am a comforter. I do believe that I'm a counselor. I do believe that when people, so I'm, I'm, I've developed this um, kind of a relationship where people feel comfortable, people feel vulnerable, people feel safe to share information with me. So where that comes from, I guess it comes from my love for people. And today I can safely say it's, it's a unique gift that God has given me. So today as I'm speaking to you, what I stand for is um, in this order. It's God, family, people, and impact. So what I would love to be remembered for is, I am love. I am of love and I advocate God's assignment in my life. Family comes second to me. So I believe that God is the one that has given me this family and that has borrowed me this earthly family. So I do tend to be intentional when it comes to my, um, to, my, to my marriage. I am intentional when it comes to my parenting. Then my love for people. I guess that's what led me to become an HR professional where I am drawn to people. I'm always in people's faces, whether advising, whether guiding, whether, um, you know, propelling people to move from here to another, um, um, you know, to moving from one direction to another and ensuring that people are, are better than when they came into my life. So, and, and, and impact. So this it has been a, a big part of me recently where I have just founded a Ziana Foundation um, with my husband with the impact of um, or with the purpose of really impacting the people, especially people that are like me and people that come from disadvantaged background. And really the foundation focuses on six pillars. But if you do want more information on the foundation, you can go to www.zianafoundation.org. So what we aim to do really is um, to eliminate and to take up some of the societal ills and, um, you know, assist the government where we can in terms of, um, you know, these six pillars that um, the foundation is about. Uh, bursary programs, mentorship programs, entrepreneurship programs, skills development programs, women empowerment programs, and community development. So we believe that God, we are at a point with my husband where we, God has given us sufficient that we are now dedicating a certain percentage of our earnings into giving back to our society. And hence um, the topic of why we're here today, talking about the leaders in conversation. So I'm quite excited about the leaders in conversation podcast. We will also have a YouTube channel. So you better watch out for the leaders in conversation and stay tuned to us um, where we're going to be engaging with these C-suite leaders um, in order to plug you in um, with your career goals and how you can navigate your corporate career. But do watch out for the next episode where I'll be engaging with you on um, how I climb
climb the corporate ladder and what are the mistakes that I've made in corporate and what are the advantages and what are the things that one can do in order to carve their own um, you know, um, corporate career and make a success of it. So please do tune in to our podcast, which will be available in various platforms.